The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina, where fans young and old embrace the sports history. It's heart is the Hall of Honor, paying tribute to the inductees and their greatness. And that's where we'll spend the next hour with this guy, Ryan Newman. He's won some of NASCAR's biggest races, but in his 16th season, the Rocket Man is still shooting for the stars. All right, teammate checkup here. I want you to think about the guys that run with you at RCR and uh, answer a few of these questions for me. Well, RCR plus, plus tie. Okay. Who can tell a dirty joke? Uh, Newman can. Newman's got some pretty pretty good dirty jokes. Oh, Newman. There's no doubt Newman is the dirty joke teller. It was unanimous. It's not often you start <laughs> off a show like that, is it? Welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. Marty Snyder, Steve Letarte, Kyle Petty. Glad to have our special guest with us, Ryan Newman, today. They're dirty jokes, Newman. They all agree. You're the guy for that. <laughs> got to be good at something, I guess. <laughs> you got to have goals in life, yeah, right? Sure. And, and no, I'm not telling one. <laughs> we tried to get you to do that in Indi at Indianapolis, but right. you wouldn't You wouldn't go for I it. I was so. really close, but I was you, not going to. You were very And close. I had one that was borderline, but it was not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, just listen, I'm kind of new at this TV thing. If it's borderline, it's no good. good. No yeah, good. Yeah. It is It is no good. Well, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Welcome Thank to NASCAR you. America. Great to have you here for the next hour. Uh, how you been, man? It's a great fourth place finish at Michigan. And I'm sure that makes the season a little bit better, doesn't it? Well, I mean, a, a good uh, a good top five finish. We did not run there all day long, so we've got some work to do and not collecting the bonus points that we want to. But in the hindsight, uh, you know, we we made something out of nothing. We've been 20, 18th to 20th if it wasn't for that uh, last couple restarts there and the break that we definitely got when the uh, the 20, 22 lost the right front tire. So it was um, it was a challenging day, but uh, a couple good restarts at the end, and you made something out of it. These guys will tell you the best news of all, right? Steve, he's in the playoffs, so he doesn't have to worry about all that stuff. Yeah, that is the key. That is the key. But, I mean, years can be like that at times. I mean, Absolutely. sometimes you have to grind for the points. Sometimes they kind of fall in your lap. You just got to keep showing up, keep working, trying to find that little bit extra every week. Especially for these last ten races. I mean, we, we kind of know, at least for our, from our standpoint, what these next three races hold. Um, as far as being locked in, that's good, right? I mean, first time for me in like five, six, seven years. Um, but uh, the, the next three and the way that they kind of portray what's going to happen in those last 10 um, is, is super important. We want to be fighting right now. We don't want to be riding along thinking, man, this is easy. It's going to be a cakewalk. We've seen some guys do that. And I think the guys, when they come to pounce, come Chicago, Loudon and Dover, uh, might get surprised. Yeah, it goes to a whole new level. Yeah, Absolutely. it's unreal. Yeah. I, it, I, my question is this, and, and you talk about making something Sunday really out of nothing. There are a lot of times that you've got an eighth or ninth place car, and I look at the final rundown, and you're third. There's a lot of times you've got a tenth or twelfth place car, and I look at the final rundown, and you're second. And I'm like, right. where did you come from after that last <laughs> restart? I mean, you are the master of sliding in there. How does, how does that happen? 
Uh, I guess all my lumberjack skills. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, wait, wait, wait. no, it is. Skills? It, it that, absolutely amazes. It absolutely amazes me that Dale well, Jarrett and I'll be fight. sitting there looking at, it, and all of a sudden, boom, there right. you are. We fight hard. I mean, uh, everybody on our team fights hard. Yeah. And, and, and same deal. When you're back there running 18th to 20th, you are constantly fighting. Those guys out front, they've been riding along for a while. Not riding along, but you know, yeah. it's, they haven't had the pressure on them. And we, we, we fought all all day long and weren't in position um, to really show much of it until that caution came and it changed everything for us. I tell people this all the time, they don't believe me, 10th to 20th, it's like a bar fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the top 10 is way easier yeah. once you oh, get yeah. there versus 10th yeah. to 20th. Yeah. Well, and what I saw was, and correct me if I'm wrong, you restarted eighth on that last restart, didn't you? Yes. And then didn't I not see you on the top of four wide getting third? Was that yes. correct? Or Yeah, I ended up coming off finish. of two, I think, in third. But, yeah, it was – I actually – when I saw the 42 rattle in the 78, I really thought I had a shot at it. I'm like, this is going to be really good if I can go from eighth <laughs> to first. But, uh, you know, we were – we were. I won't say happy, but uh, it was the best we had run all day. We got to third, fell back to fourth, and good run for the Velveeta Shells and Cheese Chevrolet. It's just like a race car driver. It doesn't matter how good it's going for yeah, you guys. It's never good enough. No, I mean, there's a Man. spot up there, maybe yeah. I could get. I saw the lead. I saw yeah. the lead. We led all but one lap. That's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, and you, you spoke, you mentioned it earlier. In years past, you have had to point your way into the playoffs. How getting that win that, this early in the season and getting that out of the way, how did that change the year for you as a driver and your team? Well, it changed the year, but it didn't change the way we fight. Yeah. I mean, we, it, gave us, it gave us a lot of hope for the sake that, you know, we were maybe locked in yeah there was no guarantee at that point so that that was huge i mean and not only just for this year but for the fact that for the last three years we were had been close several times especially in homestead in 2014 to getting that yeah. that first victory for myself for luke for richard all, to, all together as a team for caterpillar and granger everybody um so that was that was huge for us in phoenix well you mentioned luke it seems like you guys have this knack or ability or belief in one another for these crazy pit calls is what I call them. You just are aggressive. You, you talk about the fight. You aren't afraid to do something different. I mean, what is it like working with Luke? Seems like you guys get along well Friday, Saturday, but even the most on race day. Yeah, I mean, like Phoenix, that was all his call. I mean, I was ready to come in and put two tires on, and he said, stay out. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I'm good. That's well, that's a big thing, because I've yeah. had other drivers tell me, be like, no, no, you're crazy, I'm yeah, coming. Right. So, you know, the fact that you yeah. listen to him, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, well, I've been there before with, uh, with Borland <laughs> and a few other guys. It, it sometimes works out. That's right. Well, you have to take those gambles, and you, so you talk about the playoffs coming. I mean, how do you break down the multiple rounds? Do you take it round by round? Like, how do you kind of digest NASCAR playoffs? It, I don't know that you can digest it. I kind of think you have to uh, go with the flow. Um, you have to hit your practices, uh, you know, hit your laps, hit your marks, do, do everything one step at a time. And I think if you make it too complex and break it all down to the nth degree, yeah. you're going to sit there and spin your own wheels out. So, I mean, you really, you really have to just go with the flow, in my opinion. I mean, yes, you have to have goals. You have to have a mindset of what you need to do, whether it's, you know, starting 25th and getting to first, whatever. I mean, you have... A mindset but in the end you just have to do whatever you can to get the best finish the best result the best stage points whatever throughout the entire day I wish somebody would have gave me that pep talk yeah. go with the flow go with the flow <laughs> I, mean, I could have done I'll that you, uh, man. Man. hey so for rcr two the flow is not so good yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. well let's talk about that so two teams in the playoffs this year for rcr obviously it's been a good year but you and i spent some time friday sort of digesting where rcr is currently strengths and weaknesses of the of the organization yeah. right now you feel overall I think our biggest strengths is our fight. I mean, our drive. We are making the race cars better. Um, if you looked at, as an organization, where we were at the first Michigan race versus the second Michigan race, huge leaps, huge bounds. But 
we were racing for 15th. You know, the first first race we were racing for 25th. So big gains, but we've got three races left before we need to hit the go button and the go button every lap. And you can't just count on a, a convenient yellow flag or a different strategy to give yourself that break. So we need to be leading laps, running in the top five, and that will make our 10 race playoff situation a lot easier. You know, as, as we look at the organizations, you look at, at Joe Gibbs, you look at the Penske organization, you look at the Hendrick organization, the Children's Organization has done this through the years mm -hmm. and been on top and then at the bottom. Two or three years ago, you guys were in the in the playoffs. I'll give right. you that. But you guys weren't a factor. Under, under and, the radar. Yeah, yeah. way, way <laughs> under the radar. Right. How hard has it been as an organization? And, and you've been a part of it every step of the way to build back to where you are a factor. Uh, it's It's been hard. It's not easy. Um, all the way through. I mean, you're talking about the pit crew, the engine, yeah. the car, every every aspect of it, strategy, new tires, you know, it, it, everything changes in our sport so much that you just, you cannot rest in your lulls. You got to keep fighting. I mean, just because you finished second in the championship and missed it by 100 yards doesn't mean the Daytona 500 is going to be easy the next year. Yeah. And you see that every practice session, every race, every weekend. I mean, it's just, it's a constant fight. So I think our team, as far as fight goes, is super strong. Um, but we've, we've got to step it up as far as leading laps and performance and, and making it easier on ourselves. Yeah. I want to go back to 2003, first come in the sport. It seemed like you and Matt Borland that year could do nothing wrong. Eight wins, you would take on four tires. Stevie gets upset about this because he was on the I other end of that line. I told you I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> now we're talking about it. But you guys, whatever call you made, it was the right call and won you the race. Eight wins that year. Were you in the midst of that going, I can't believe how this is going in your second year in Cup? Uh, yeah, I mean, because... People were talking about they're supposed to be this sophomore jinx and all that stuff, right? So <laughs> yeah. um, here, here we are. Like, no, it didn't happen. But, yeah. you know, we, we a typical racer, right? You won eight races and 11 poles. Man, you should have won 12 and yeah. Yeah. 22 poles, right? I mean, yeah. it's like we, we screwed up still. But, um, you know, in the end, it's, it's just it was the what it was. And we had great cars. Matt was making great calls, um, had lots of horsepower, and we had advantages. I mean, we, when everybody talked about the way our cars look compared to everybody else. And you don't really see that anymore. The splitters changed the, the, the aspect of the racing and the, what you can achieve with the race cars now. And it's, um, it's different. Steve was fast on Sunday? Yeah. You should have tried to go. Well, you should have. I was going to say, Friday, Rocket Man over here. Like, you go to Atlanta, it would have been easier to come in a day late just give them the first starting position. It would have been a whole lot easier. But you've always said they invented track position. He and Matt Borland really invented track. Borland invented track. I just listened to what he said. But you said, you know, so I was from perhaps not the next generation, but six to eight years later and kind of. But we would go all the way back to those races. And, and dissect how you guys did it. And, and that changed the game for all of these crew chiefs. And then, you know, double file restarts, things continue to evolve, as you mentioned, they always do. But the basics, the right. fundamentals that you guys held near and dear and closed up in an envelope and wouldn't show to anyone <laughs> still work to this day. Right. I mean, if you get out front, even if you don't have the best car, out front is still an advantage. Yeah. And you guys proved sure. it worked. Yeah, I mean, I think if you take, and no disrespect to anybody out there, you take a engineer who has an indie car background put him in a crew chief role amongst everybody at the time there was an advantage there and he just he broke it down and it was it was it, it was not rocket science but we did what we needed to do and um you know he made he made something out of it and 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 whether it was no tires four tires or two tires um you know we were more often than not in the hunt I don't talk about it anymore. This is it. You got to get all your <laughs> questions out about how they beat us time and time and time they again. They beat you great. all the time. All the time. And Stevie, I'll remind you that it was sometimes no tires, sometimes it was two, sometimes it was four. It wasn't yeah. a formula. 
it was just everything to beat you on the racetrack. Yeah. It worked. It <laughs> worked about that. consistently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, coming up in a little bit, we'll talk about Ryan Newman's racing routes. How to get from South Bend, Indiana, to NASCAR stardom. And we'll have our driver's meeting. Kyle, is it okay if, uh, if Stevie joins you yes, for the driver's is. meeting? Most you sure? Yeah. We're going to that, talk about that's cool. stuff. That's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> all right. Hey, and also make sure... Send us your questions. Tweet us. Use the hashtag AskRyan. Plenty more to come from the NASCAR Hall of Fame with Ryan Newman, our special guest today here on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by New Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. Today, NASCAR declared Darrell Wallace Jr.'s Truck Series win at Michigan an encumbered finish. A bed cover violation on his number 99 truck was found at NASCAR's R&D Center. Appreciate Shane Huffman has been suspended one race. However, MDM Motorsports has appealed that penalty, allowing Huffman to work tonight's truck race at Bristol. Also, some other news today. Joe Gibbs Racing confirmed that they have transferred management of the 77 and 78 pit crews back to Furniture Row Racing. Remember this from Indianapolis, Chris Taylor and Lee Cunningham getting into it with Adam Stevens. The guys will still train, though, at Joe Gibbs Racing. Turning back to the Monster Cup Energy Series, three spots remain with three races to go in the regular season. Very tight there in the championship standings. Of course, our man Ryan Newman has a spot locked down in the playoffs. But the pressure continues to build for those trying to get in with a win. That was the subject. And two-day weekends was also the subject when I joined Sirius XM Radio this morning on the morning drive. Where do you land on what NASCAR is trying to do with these streamlined weekends, Marty? Here's the deal. I, I think the two-day shows have been terrific. They create a Friday event basically a fan fest, and it allows access to these drivers the fans have never gotten before. We have had some hilarious stuff come out of these things. I mean, we had Daniel Suarez singing karaoke and, and Michael McDowell up there doing dance. It was crazy dance, but, you know, he was up there <laughs> dancing, you know. That kind of stuff, the one-on-one -on -one interaction they're getting with these drivers is really hard to get with the way the schedule is these days. Hey, a friendly reminder, every Wednesday, NASCAR on NBC personalities like myself, but you usually get better guys like Kyle Petty and Steve Letarte, show up on the morning drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. Of course, in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, you have cars representing the incoming NASCAR Hall of Fame class. They're on display right here in the Hall of Honor. Among them... The famous number three, owned by Richard Childress. Now, through the years, RC has worked with many hard-nosed drivers that don't give an inch on the racetrack. And Ryan Newman's peers will tell you that he certainly has earned that reputation. One driver that I don't care if you're racing for 30th makes you drive a little harder and you kind of just race in a little bit more. <laughs> Who would that be? <laughs> One driver. They all do. Uh, no, I would say uh, probably a guy like Ryan Newman. He's tough to pass. Yeah. Is it is he aggravating the race against? God, yes. Yes, he's aggravating the race against. But I'm sure he'd say the same thing about me, so it's a part of it. If you owned your own NASCAR team, who would the four drivers be that you would hire? Ryan Newman. Maybe he'd let me pass a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Who else? Uh, no, nah, Ryan and I, we raced through the That's a good answer. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I'm sure you've heard that before. Not the first time, correct? It's right? A it's a compliment for me. So it doesn't it's bug you. It's no. a compliment. Sure. It yes. Is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's kind of what I get paid to do. Yeah. Go fast. Don't let anybody go faster. That's the best 
That's an excellent point. That's the best defense I've heard. Yes, that's I'm, right. I think there's 37 others. Yeah. I'm gonna have to talk to a Bristol and be like, <laughs> yeah. Ryan says he gets paid to, to not let y'all buy. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's. Is that something you're intentional about? I don't though. think it's. I mean, it's probably in the coarse print, not the fine print in my contract, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know there was a coarse print section right. of, the, of the contract. Well, we but, never read the fine print. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. but you, do you take it personal? I mean, when you hear that from other drivers, do you take it as a compliment? I mean, because we talked, right, we talked about strategies and all this stuff. So I've tried all those strategies, but it only works when you know the guy behind the wheel is willing to, you know, protect, willing to make his car wider than it should be, protect a car that's not as fast as the guy in second place. So to your point, I always, every time I knew we were going to try to pass the 31 on Ryan Newman, it was going to cost us a couple tenths of a second because you were a hard-fought competitor. Right, and that's the thing is I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it when people block you. Down the straightaway, weaving and all that stuff, I absolutely hate it. So I just hold my line, get down in the corner, and take my path yep. and hold them off. Like, it, it's, it, to me, it's just – and it's the right time in the right place. I, I won't do that on the third lap or the 30th yeah. lap, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, towards the end of the yeah. race when it really makes a difference – that's when it's, you're supposed to be hard to pass. I'm going to tell him all. So everyone thinks he's blocking. I'm just yeah. saying, well, he's right. doing what's in his contract, and, and he's running his line. I like that. The contract. Of course, no, we, we've opened one here, so I, I've got this question. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, over the last week or so, there's some guys have made comments on radio or TV and stuff, and all I keep hearing is, I took it personal. Do you take anything personal? Can you take anything personal as a race car driver? I'm asking when yes. things go on at the racetrack. Yes, you can take it personal. Should you take it personal? Probably not. Yeah. I think I think if you look at some of the things in the last couple of weeks, it's people on social media that are making comments and hiding behind their text. I mean, that's... So it's okay to take that personal. What about stuff that know, goes I'm on not, a race? No, track? I'm not saying it's okay to take that personal. <laughs> I'm just saying it's human tendency to yes, take it personal. True, yeah. Right? So, I mean, yeah. whether you do or you don't, it's just yeah. a matter of how you are yeah. internally with yourself. But, I mean, I don't care. So, but how are you then? No, so that's good. So, I, I, don't, I don't care either. So how I'm, are I'm you never have a run-in, whoever it might be. Jimmy Johnson. You and Jimmy Johnson have a run-in on Sunday. It's going to happen with everybody. Yeah. Are you the guy that reaches out? Are you the guy that goes to the motorhome? Do you call yes, him? tell me. What is like Let's the, hear that. What is like the <laughs> approved? You called? Hey, what's the approved process? I knew, I knew with Jimmy a long time ago when he didn't invite me to go on a bike ride that we were done. That's so. it. <laughs> <laughs> he was afraid he couldn't get around you. That's right. You go 108 miles. No, I mean, seriously, I... I, like even last week, um, I, on Monday, I called uh, Stenhouse. I about wadded Stenhouse up in the middle of one and two on a restart. And um, it was really, really close. Like I was chattered to rear tires underneath him, caught the yellow line. And I was like, mm, this is going to happen. And I missed him. And I said, man, I called him. I said, man, that was close. And he's like, yeah, he says, I saw you. And it was close. But um, I also texted Kyle Busch because I got loose underneath him with whatever it was, seven or eight to go. And if he didn't move, I was going to take him and right. me out. So uh, just afterwards, sometimes it's best to say, hey, man, thanks for the room. Because right, right. if, if you didn't move, I was going to crash you on accident. But it was, it's, I mean, you never want that. But I would have said it was in, your fault in the, the booth. Oh, I know. Right. Absolutely. Right. It right. I'm going to stay down this road. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stay down this road. When did that start in this sport? When people started, <sighs> hey, sorry I almost wrecked you. Sorry I wrecked you. Because, listen. I'm have looking I, around in I this room. Hold on. No, 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 no. Okay. I never ran good enough for you to crash me, man. I was trying. No, no, no. No, no, no. Here's my question. Cousin, I look around this room. I look around this room, and I walk through this thing, and I don't see anybody that's been inducted into the Hall of Fame that ever text, called, wrote a letter, walked right. up and apologized, except to say, listen, right. this is why. You know what I mean? 
So when did that change in the sport? I mean, I know we've had a shift in the sport, but from a driver's perspective, and, and you kind of bridged that gap, wanna, when did it change? I want to say when, when texting came along. Yeah. Right? Because I think it was easy just to shoot a text and say, hey, sorry, man. You didn't have to talk to him. You could hide behind it, right? I mean, seriously, it was, yeah. we've all kind of done it. Like, hey, man, just my bad. Yeah. We're going to blame you get sprint. the text back. You're waiting yeah. for that. You're waiting yeah. for the little bubble to yeah, fill you, in. You're like, uh, hoping, where's this going to go? <laughs> you're hoping that the bubble right. pops uh, up, you, right? Honestly, you I you just wonder. Yourself. You know yourself. Like, if you get, if you run into somebody the next week, you are on the, oh, per, on, yeah. on the, on the, on uh, the, Drive, drive, you're riding yeah, together with yeah, that guy. You're in the truck. Right, you're like, you, truck. you don't want to look at him. You don't want to talk to him, but you got to, it's like you got to. And that's how it always happens. So you're human, too. You're waiting for the bubble to pop up. Make that. sure the person's yeah. not mad at you. It's good to know that drivers that way. Hey, we're or hoping. Maybe you want to make sure if you just know that he is. Yeah. Maybe you just yeah, want right. to know that yeah, he's yeah, mad yeah. He's, or, or that he's still talking to you, <laughs> right? right? So uh, we want your questions today. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskRyan. This one segues perfectly into it. So this is a question from AJ. He said, Ryan, he asked, what's your favorite way to get payback at a driver while we're on Ooh, the topic, KP? You said it, was it might be. It's, it says AJ, AJ. so it might be AJ Allmendinger. To, to, to so give a payback? Yeah. yeah, to give payback to a driver. I mean, usually an eye for an eye is good. I mean, like, it's just... So you're a guy, if you wreck but, me, I wreck you. But it's, it's got to be intentional. If it's not intentional, That's then it's different. Best payback ever, one of the best I ever saw this man did. Homestead, um, might have been Casey, I can't remember who it was. You just, when he went here, you went here. You never wrecked. You never did yeah. anything to him. You just, it's like two tenths. This was two seconds. Yeah. This was two yeah. seconds a lap for about six laps. It was impressive. That was impressive. It all depends. It all depends on the situation. If somebody crashes you on purpose, yeah, they get they they are getting it back. Wow. And the, be, the best one I got on that is I accidentally, and Dale Jarrett is gonna, I'm not going to believe this, but <laughs> I accidentally I like turned it. him around at Bristol, and he came back and he destroyed me later in the race. And I mean, like, we, we talked about it, but it was just like, it was too late at that point. But it's like, it, it just happens, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, and that's a typical Bristol yeah. deal. Like, it yeah. just, it amps everything up. But there's times when stuff happens that it just, you don't know if it's going to be a payback. You don't know if it's coming <laughs> in the next lap. Yeah. You don't know if it's coming uh, two weeks, two right. years, it, but it's coming. It's coming yeah. at some point. There's yeah. no better promo. Yeah, there you That's go. Typical there Bristol. You go. We wrecked twice. Typical there, Bristol. There you go. All right. From Ryan Newman, from quarter midgets to Purdue University to NASCAR stardom. His racing roots have taken him all over the country. When we come back, we'll talk about how Ryan got started in racing. Welcome back to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, live in Charlotte, North Carolina, with our guest, Ryan Newman. Now, Ryan was born in South Bend, Indiana. At the age of four, began his racing career in quarter midgets and eventually rose into the sprint car ranks. His career continued even as he pursued a degree in vehicle structure engineering at Purdue University. We should have aimed higher, Stevie, I'm telling you. I didn't even make it to college. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I feel like... Uh, Newman graduated in 2001. A year later, he broke through for his first Cup Series win at New Hampshire. But bigger things were to come for Ryan Newman, including victories in two of the biggest races in the sport. No holes barred for this final lap around here, the start-finish line. Newman gets the run on the outside. Newman to the lead. A long, dry spell for this driver. He will win the 50th Daytona 500. This is a great effort. My dad's spotting for me. Uh, my grandpa upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming the 32nd driver to win a Daytona 500. Indiana 
Alabama's own Ryan Newman is about to recognize a lifelong dream. He will take the checkered flag at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and win the Brickyard 400. Thank you, guys. This is amazing. It's an amazing weekend. Dream come true. Uh, it doesn't. It won't hit you in five minutes. It won't hit you in five hours. But uh, maybe in five days, you come back to me. Man, those are some fantastic moments. I'm sure they're fun to relive anytime oh, yeah. you get to see them, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, which one was more special, the home win at the Brickyard or the 500 your dad spotting? Both. Oh, my, come on. My, my dad was spotting for the Brickyard win, too, in turn okay. three. So, yeah. I mean, that was that was a double whammy there. But um, just every part of it, man, it's – it's and, and y'all both know, it's when you're when you're there and you get that checkered flag and it just it's just like you just feel this sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Like and, and, and that changes – every 24 hours afterwards. When you win big races like that, it's like, man, something else changes. Somebody else calls and mm -hmm. it puts everything in perspective. And, and obviously having my dad's spot for me and, and um, you know, all the things that happened there at Daytona was really special. Getting fired and then winning the race, <laughs> that was kind of special. That's so. always cool. Yeah, that is, that is a good one. I quit and won it. Yeah. Is that That might be even cooler. That's a good point, yeah. You, you look at those, we, we look at, at those photos of your dad and Victory Lane at Daytona stuff. But from the very beginning, it's been a family thing, and, and you and your dad, and, and with that. Take us back to when you first started that first cart and, and what your dreams were. Yeah, I've still got my very first quarter image, and my dad's restored it for me, and uh, i still got to finish it. But I, I, uh, it's just, you know, my grandfather helped build. That's the first picture with my grandfather. He helped build the South Bend Motor Speedway. Uh, so racing has been in my blood, um, in my family's blood for a long time. And um, my dad always wanted to be a race car driver. So without his drive, I don't think that I would necessarily be where I am or who I am. Um, but at the same time, um, it takes everybody. Y'all know it's 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 a team sport and what you do and the goals that you get to achieve as a yeah. person. It doesn't happen just on your own. So um, from my mom, my dad, my family, everybody that's helped. Um, it's it's. It's been a whole lot of fun. I'm not done yet, but um, just very grateful. The starting quarter midgets race, midgets, sprint cars, silver crown cars, and then get that opportunity at the uh, ABC program back yeah. in uh, 2000. Yeah, we, were, we were talking about that. that We've was, got to bring that up because nobody, you nobody, knows, bring, ABC nobody knows what it is. So, yeah. so tell us what the ABC, ABC program yeah, is. In North right. Carolina, that's a liquor store, and I'm on that program pretty much every day. <laughs> but that, that's a whole other story. <laughs> sometimes, so, um, sometimes, it was, uh, it, was our, it was our idea to do a little bit of everything because I was new and uh, we could run seven cup races without ruining your rookie staff. Status. And uh, we had the opportunity to run some uh, bush cars. So, um, and then we, went, we were doing some ARCA racing. And so they decided to let's just put this schedule together, call it the ABC program, ARCA Bush and Cup. And um, that was uh, Roger Penske and Don Miller's idea. And, mm -hmm. and, and it worked great. And uh, a lot of people kind of templated after that. But um, for me, it was just a good opportunity to get a little bit, of, little bit of experience everywhere without ruining your status. And you had a heck of a mentor that led you through that program. Absolutely. Buddy Baker was, uh, was huge in teaching me how to drive what not to do and yeah. uh, just uh, you know his experience was invaluable and and Don Miller all the things that he did for my career um, you know he he was the man in the background in, in every Penske picture um, he 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 was the president of Penske racing and made a lot of that stuff happen for me yeah, I don't and, no, I, I got a question here it from an engineer from Purdue I was very blessed and fortunate to, to be friends with Alan Kowicki the only other engineer I, and it gives you an analytical way of thinking about problems and issues that come up where I think about them one way you think about them a totally different way um, William Byron still going to school how hard was it to go to school and how has that engineering 
helped you through the years? I think he's probably a little bit more experienced in form of racing and going to school than I yeah. was. I mean, I raced a lot, um, but he's racing at a higher level while he was going to school. I was racing midget sprint cars, silver crown cars, and staying plenty busy. I raced 55 times my freshman year, um, so I was always wow. busy, but not not on this wow. level. So my, 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 my suggestion, I guess, would be is just to surround yourself with good people. I mean, it's um, I've had people in college classes turn my homework in for me, help me out, you know sign their name or my name to a yeah. certain piece of homework, <laughs> things like that. That's uh, homework you did or they did. Yeah, that, that's either way. Done. Yeah. I mean, it's Whatever works. done. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess in the end, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, I, I, um, I went to college at the suggestion of my parents. They wanted me to go to case case racing didn't work out to have something to fall back on. And and then I've been fortunate to be able to use my engineering degree to help understand the race car. Yeah you know, apply that seat of the pants feel to in a language that the crew can understand. And that, um, I think, makes me a better race car driver. I mean, I was pretty good before I went to school, but I'm at a higher level now. <laughs> Maybe a little better now. I, I tease this on the morning drive this morning. Now, you have a fantastic story. You contact Don Miller. You're going to meet Don Miller. He said, just meet me in the garage area. So what happens after that? Well, he said, meet me in the garage area, but I didn't have passes. Um, <laughs> and I can't remember which day it was because we used to sneak in quite often. But uh, my dad and I, we used, to, we used to drop me off at the Winn-Dixie store with five bucks. I'd run in and get construction paper and come out and we'd find a lanyard someplace and get the right color construction paper, depending on what day it yeah. was and where you needed to go in the, in the garage. You know, cup garage was one, bush garage was another. And, and uh, I'd uh, make my pass and kind of just kind of find the right group to mingle in with and finally got in there and asked if uh, I asked one of the guys said you Don Miller he goes no he's standing right there but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know just uh, you know one of those ice breaking moments that uh, right you know you look back on it it's kind of silly but it's how things happen it's it's great young drivers would hear that today and go that's crazy you had to I, break I did, in, the garage time, area, I did, in the garage I did know a guy and he threw a, a crewman shirt over the fence to me, I put the shirt on and walked right into the garage. That was the ticket. Yeah. Ah, that is a good ticket, isn't it? So you're you're always famous for saying that you know all these guys are riding. We were joking about Jimmy running a, riding 108 miles this past weekend. You say I don't work out. My workouts at home <laughs> yeah. during the week. I work that, outside. Correct. That is your you're dedicated to to the farm, and that's that's your workout yes, program. I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I make fun of those guys because it's fun to make fun of people, right? But um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You don't want to wear spandex. That's right. That's what Nobody it is. Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> Steve does. No, I don't want to wear it. I just wear it because I have to pedal through the air. Yeah, oh, right, okay. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, enjoy the, I enjoy the farm life. I enjoy the buffalo, the cows, the deer, and, you know, feeding the animals and, um, you know, cutting up wood, making firewood, things like that. It's just, to me, it's kind of a hobby, but I wouldn't say I'm in the best shape. Round's still a shape, right? But... <laughs> I don't know. But I don't I got fall a list. out of the seat. I got a list. I think it's fun. I think I really, I really, I will say, like you know, Casey won Indy, needed to go to fluids. You know, get fluids. Uh, what was it, Richmond last year? Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy's, fell yeah. out. Yeah. Fell out. Right. And here I am, 230 pounds up on the stage, waiting for Jimmy to show up for pictures. Right. So I do <laughs> chuckle once in a while. Must be an Indiana thing. It sounds like the Tony Stewart. Yeah, that does. The Tony yeah, Stewart totally. workout that's program. The, that's the Indiana training program. Well, yeah. Brendan Gaunt swears he's in better shape than anyone in the Xfinity series. He is in better shape. Look at that shape. <laughs> listen, listen, that's listen. an amazing shape. Ryan had me convinced, but that that angle of Brendan Gaunt, you lost me. That took it too far out there. Him. Kyle would call all that all that work on the farm work. You wouldn't yeah, call it that, a that hobby. Would be work. That would yeah. be work. That's, that's good. That's good. I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah. 
It's a good way to it's a good way to stay in shape, what though, isn't it? It's just yeah. the way it's gonna be. Right? <laughs> exactly right. You're not getting hey, a bike, right? No, no, no. No, please don't get a bike and don't wear <laughs> spandex. Uh, hey, don't forget, we want your questions. Hit us up on Twitter. Use the hashtag AskRyan. We got more coming from the NASCAR Hall of Fame with our guest Ryan Newman, including the driver's meeting. Evidently, Kyle's gonna allow Stevie to be there. So that'll be fun. That's coming up next. Welcome back to NASCAR America. Today, we're at the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, but on Saturday night, we'll be in Thunder Valley. Tennessee comes calling. I can feel it in my bones. Good evening, race fans. This and get you fired up. I don't know what will. Excited for Saturday night. You know, Ryan's never won at Bristol. He hopes to change that Saturday evening. Time for our driver's meeting, and KPL let you lead it off. All right, we're going to, since we're on the Bristol thing, and we just came off of Racing Roots with Ryan Newman, have you ever raced at any place in the world like Bristol? Was there any place that you grew up in a quarter midget? Talking to Kyle Larson the other day, he said, yeah, it reminds me of this. Does it remind you of anywhere? Uh, to me, it's the closest thing to Winchester. Winchester's yeah. my favorite racetrack. Winchester, Winchester, Indiana. Like, they're true 33, 36-degree banking, I think it was. And uh, different on both ends, which Bristol some, somewhat is, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, just the intensity that you have to have as a driver and how fast and how quick everything reacts uh, at that racetrack. It's, it's a lot like Winchester. I mean, the track is unbelievable, but then the stadium, the event, the weekend. As a crew chief, there was nothing like... Saturday night, right. when the cars roll off, the place is full, the flash bulbs go off. It, it's it's completely different. As a driver, man, I know the cars are loud now, but you you must feel that energy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think um, it's it's like opening act at a concert or something. It's like just boom, all of a sudden, yeah, the, the speakers light and, and and that action, that excitement. It's just the the you wait all day for that night race, and <laughs> That's the, right. I still say that the night race, and like, it's like the birthplace of what we pattern the All-Star yeah. race off of, you know, that night race and that, that it sparks flying interaction. It's just, uh, it's a fun race. It's totally different at Bristol for the Saturday night race than yeah. it is the spring Sunday afternoon race. Yeah, something about, you know, growing up, now he's the he's the odd guy, right? He grew up at Daytona and Talladega. But you and I and, and normal races. on TV. Yeah, you normal racing. Yeah. But, but like, it's even sprint car racing. I was a late model guy, not a driver, but worked on them. You know, it's Friday and Saturday nights. You know, yeah. you come in, it's a two or three hour event but it's under the lights and it's something about that when you go back to bristol it feels like a, a true saturday night short track yeah and the size of the racetrack i mean being a half mile but having so many fans around you the excitement is just amped up it, so you compared it to a concert what's your intro song man i don't know yet i really don't come on man i don't know come on you what can break it? it right here i don't remember a couple <laughs> drivers i heard I a couple drivers heard they were picking each other so if you ever yeah. need a little help you can let kyle and i pick yours yeah, yeah. 
So listen, we're staying here in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that didn't work. I'm not, I'm not giving you any info. Yeah. So yeah. we're staying here in the Hall of Fame. In front of this three, the Piedmont, RC's car. RC's yeah. going in the Hall of Fame. You now drive for a Hall of Famer. A, what is it like to drive for a Hall of Fame car owner? And then B, what I want to know, because I never realized this until I watched um, Rick Hendrick become inducted and, and see that in person. Yeah. I don't think I ever really understood how important the Hall was, and it just fascinated me. As a race car driver, you say you never dreamt of running at Cup. Is this part of the dreams? You know, Is there a checklist that you think you have to check off to get into the Hall as a race car driver? I think for me, for 30 years, we, there, whatever, there never was a Hall of Fame, right? right. There was just, yeah. you wanted to race, you wanted to win Daytona, and then you wanted to win the Brickyard, because that was the coolest thing, the second coolest yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. But um, it's just an honor to drive for Richard. Um, you think about all the things he's achieved in this sport. Um, and, and for me, as a personal hero of mine, one of my three favorite all-time drivers, Dale Earnhardt, to uh, sit in the shop, the same shop, the same seats, the same, you know, that, that atmosphere, the same people. There's still several people there that, you know, worked, worked with Dale, and that's, um, that's just so special to me um, to, uh, to have Luke and myself, uh, you know, just kind of grow together. And under that, uh, Richard Childress Racing Umbrella is an honor. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question about owners. You drove for Penske, Tony, and Childress. Mm -hmm. Okay. Owners are like drivers. They have different personalities. They approach the sport yep. different. So which driver out there right now is Roger, like Roger Penske as an owner, personality to personality, and how they approach yep. the sport? Tony to a driver out there and Childress to a driver out there. I'd say the first person that comes to mind for, for Roger would be Keselowski because he, he just got this so talking approach. Of, so you're saying Penske's mouthy? No, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. That's I'm just saying. I'm in trouble right I know, here. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a good thing you don't drive anymore. Uh, <laughs> and I would say that um, for, uh, for Stuart Haas, I think probably my, 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 my thought would be Clint's would be, would be a good pick. Um, just kind of, you know, yeah. I don't care what you think. I'm going to tell you anyway approach. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for RCR, I don't know. I mean, I, I think personally I'm a good fit because of yeah. – of, you know, my outdoor love, yeah. my passion, out, uh, you know, outside of, away from the racetrack and obviously just my hard-nosed racing yeah. that people don't like for whatever reason. Yeah, well, other drivers don't like it. We like <laughs> it. We like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we get like this it. wrong. Uh, like, so with you, my man. transition. For, I was I'm just double-checking. I was double-checking. Ryan Newman on because, yes. I mean, you're making my job easier up there. So <laughs> it's, something to talk about. It's, it's spectacular. But, I mean, it's funny that you say that the hall didn't exist, you know, and we stand in front of this car because I had that same feeling, as yeah. I mentioned, when I watched – you know, Rick Hendrick going, I didn't even dream of the Hall of Fame. But now you have these Hall of Famers that walk around yeah. to the garage here, Rusty Wallace or Mark Martin. When they come around, it kind of puts in perspective just how much all of us yeah. just should be appreciative for for the sport. It's just unbelievable. And, I, and I've probably, like you guys, have never had any other passion for any other sport, period. Like, I didn't care who got into the Baseball Hall of Fame yeah. or the College Football Hall of Fame. Right. It didn't matter to me. Um, and there was no NASCAR Hall of Fame at the time. There, there's no, to my knowledge, and no yeah. Indy Racing Hall of yeah. Fame. There's International Motorsports Hall of Fame. Right. It just, it just, it's just, it's new. It's still new. And I think it's so great that um, we can at least, you know, where we are in our careers to be a part of it and experience it and see all these old cars in the history of, uh, you know, different drivers and stuff yeah. from the 40s and the 50s and the 80s and the 90s. It's just, you don't get to see that all the time. I think fans need to come and appreciate it. Yeah, and... and my granddad, if you used to talk to my granddad, he raced for money. That's all he cared about. Didn't care about anything else. Just had to make a buck uh, and for the family. 
My dad had an interesting comment the other day, and I want to ask you about this. He said he never raced for a championship. He just raced for wins. And if you won the most races and were the most consistent at the end of the year, it was a championship. But you didn't start the year saying, I'm going to go win this championship. You started the year saying, I'm going to go win the most races. Is that your, has that been your approach to racing? I think it's always been my approach to racing until the playoffs, until this chase system. Yeah. I think, and I think the King would say now, yeah. got to change it up a little bit because yeah, we do want to win races, but we also have to go out there and be consistent and keep ourselves in the game with these playoffs, these bonus points and everything else. So it's, um, it's changed, but I don't think it's changed for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Kyle, well, I'm just glad we finally got this driver's meeting. Yeah. Every week at any driver's meeting, it's a driver crew chief meeting. So we finally get a good transition oh, here, yeah. Marty. So we put the, got the crew chief involved. Now it's a driver crew chief meeting. Yeah. Driver, crew chief. Then we're going to throw it back to the mouthpiece over there and oh, let him take us out of this. I don't have on the mouthpiece. <laughs> hey, I got I one clue. Luke Bryan for Saturday night. Now, is the name oh, coming uh, back to you? Hunting, fishing, love it every day. There you go. Oh, there That'll be a that's, that's that's my, You heard it here and, first. And I, I thought it was that, but I wasn't 100% yeah. sure. <laughs> you know what, that's all right. Because, you know, going back to my, our very first opening, I had a song that I picked that they wouldn't let me play. So, um, Oh, what was that? I can't tell Come you. Come on, spill oh, that one, man. I can't, I can't spill that one in the dirty I can't joke. tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> we'll Clarence, put it on Twitter. Clarence Carter might sing it. I'll say that. Okay, that's <laughs> a good one. So, um, <laughs> yes. All right. My youngest daughter loves the song, so she... She'll, she'll run around the house and play it on her iPad and come over and say, Daddy, listen. So. Sounds okay. very Ryan Newman yeah. to me. Yeah, so oh, it yeah. sounds like very appropriate song for Ryan Newman Saturday night. Hey, don't forget, we're asking for your questions. Let us know on Twitter with a hashtag, AskRyan. He'll answer some coming up as we continue from the NASCAR Hall of Fame here on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. Some good news from the IndyCar world. Less than three months after he was severely injured in this Indy 500 qualifying crash. Boy, it still hurts to look at it. Sebastian Bourdais, believe it or not, has been medically cleared to go back to racing. Now, he's always pushed to come back at Watkins Glen, which is next month. Dale Coyne Racing has not said whether or not that will happen yet. But some good news for Sebastian Bourdais, no doubt about it. Speaking of IndyCar, their intense battle for the title heats back up at Pocono this weekend. Just eight points separate the top three in the championship standings. Joseph Newgarden, Elio Castroneves, and Scott Dixon. Don't miss the ABC Supply 500 Sunday at 2.30 Eastern on NBCSN. And congratulations to Denny Hamlin, former Hall of Fame guest. Molly Gold Hamlin, isn't she cute, guys? Look at that. His daughter, Taylor Holdner. Big she sister. was born yesterday. Big sister, that's right. Baby and Mom Jordan doing well. They're already back at home. How about that? He didn't waste any time getting everybody back home, did he? So. And she, I mean, that's that's what you call a, a great better half is the one that squeezes <laughs> birth in between two races. Between two races. Perfect. That's a good racing family. I'm happy Understand that Molly is so healthy and yeah. happy. That's all I care about. So, hey, Daytona 500 winner, Brickyard 400 winner, Ryan Newman will answer your questions next on NASCAR America. Welcome back to NASCAR America, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Now, before we get to your fan questions, Ryan, you noticed something. This picture, you were very upset about. Why is that? I wasn't upset. <laughs> I just noticed something. This is my very first autograph card when I made it as a professional driver, right? All right. And my eyes are closed. If you look real close, my eyes are closed. I don't closed. see that your eyes are closed. They are. Trust me. Yeah. How old are you in yeah. this shot? Uh, 16. 16? You look like you're My eyes eight. would be closed if I was driving that thing at 16. Well, that's why I told everybody. If I can drive <laughs> yeah. with my eyes closed, look out for the next level. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. exactly right. That was All the right. Moment. 
you ready for fan questions? Sure. They've been sending them in the whole show. All right. We will start with uh, Fan <laughs> RCR. So, everyone calls you Rocket Man. If you had to pick your own moniker, maybe other than Rocket Man, what would you pick? And I don't even think about that. It's, not, it's a great question. Do you, you like know, just for the record, got, oh. that's a great response because anybody yeah. that can give themselves a nickname, right, man, yeah. I'm not real good with right. that. And I, I was always happy that my nickname was a good one, oh. right? You never wanted yeah, to be cool Swerving Irvin. I like right. Ernie Irvin, but you never wanted to be Swerving yeah. Irvin, right? That, that's true. That's true. But uh, you, you can pick your own nickname. Marty threw to himself a minute ago on Sirius Radio, and then he took it back up from Marty, <laughs> and he like went again. I mean, he just kept throwing to himself. I'm serious today. What nickname would you give Ryan? That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good one. we're on air. <laughs> Remember, I'm not going to text you and apologize. <laughs> you better just go to the next question. Yeah. Just go to the I'll next think about question. it. Right. You really will? I'll All think right. about it. At uh, RNFan31 says, what's your favorite track to oh, go fishing hang on. at? It just yes. occurred to me. Okay. okay. Back, a to buddy one. Mine, a buddy Back to the nickname. A buddy of mine calls me NN. Okay. For know-it-all Newman. Oh, I, told him, I, told him, I told him, I said, that's K-N. He still calls me an N. Yeah. You are, you are yeah. always yeah. the smartest and guy in the room. Ryan. You you are, there you go. Graduate from Purdue also. <laughs> from Purdue. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, back to question two. <laughs> Favorite track to go fishing at? Uh, there's several. Um, Pocono is a whole lot of fun because mm-hmm. uh, there's so many places around there, but one really good place in particular, it's just super peaceful, and it's one of those places you don't have to catch 100 fish. Yeah. We usually catch 50 or 60, but that was a good one at the hey, house. Yeah, with a girl. That, that, that was out in Utah. That's ice fishing? That was, that was, uh, that was at a place in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania. Okay. You ever fish, fish at the lake at Darlington? Behind yes. the thing there? Yes. Yeah. You have? That's Daytona. That's lake a historic there. lake, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, the Minnow Pond. Yeah. yeah, Minnow Pond's a big deal. I caught, it's a big uh, deal to fish over I there. I caught two fish. Yeah. A total of 10 pounds, a six pounder, and a four pounder. Like cool. on Did three Mr. Brazzy yeah. not allow people to yes. fish in the Minnow Pond? Or you got to know somebody. You, you got to know, know somebody. somebody. Okay, I don't, I don't know the rules. Yeah. It's a serious, oh, yeah. serious question. Oh, that rule applies everywhere. You okay. still got to know yeah. somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, one of the toughest places is the, uh, the pond at the Brickyard in the golf, on the golf course because you really got to know somebody, but the golfers still don't care. So the yeah. golf balls come whizzing right oh, by. Yeah, I fish in there all the time, but I'm trying to catch a little white right. dipper thing that they hit in there. So you got to be dedicated to go fishing yeah, in that pond, right, is yeah, what that's you're right. saying. All right. Or wear a helmet. Well, yeah, good point. All right, next one. What would your dream Chevy be? Dream Chevy? You, you're I've, an avid, I, uh, you know, antique car collector. Yeah, I, the, the next Chevrolet that I want is a 1969 Chevy Camaro. I just like the body style. My dad, my dad had one. Is I don't know what color it was. Window, the sixty-nine. No, six, sixty-three was the split window. Oh, Corvette. Corvette. Is that what Corvette. you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You said Camaro. Camaro. Yeah. yeah but right. you, I mean, original. You want to go original or? I like the hockey stripes on the front, either blue, yeah. silver, or black, and uh, it really doesn't matter what color it is. Yeah. And you put some we, thought into this. Oh yeah. We got about fifteen seconds, but the favorite car that you currently own. I just want to know that real quick. The nicest car that I own is a forty-nine Buick Roadmaster convertible. Wow. It's one of the four cars used in making the movie Rain Man. Wow, cool. very impressive. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm not very good. That with anything. That's Man, this hour flew by. It's fun yeah. hanging out with you, Newman. Thank you. Thanks for coming by and hanging out with us. Hey, make sure you check us out tomorrow. We're back here at 5 Eastern. Until then, get all your news. NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. Good night from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.